Welcome to Christchurch this morning. It's really good to have you with us. If you are visiting and you're a first-time visitor and would like some more information, we've got some blue cards at the information table at the back there. Oh, purple, sorry, not blue. Purple, 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 purple. Aubergine um, <laughs> um, at the back, and you can fill those in and pop them in the um, the post box at the back there. Um, and then for tithes and offerings, the same box at the back there. You can pop them in there, or you can give online, and the details on the information table. Just a reminder that we have got a pre-service prayer meeting every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and everyone is welcome to join us for that in the lounge. And then this afternoon, as part of our two weeks of of prayer, um, of focused prayer, we are going to be meeting here to start a prayer walk, um, or prayer walks. um, So, hang on, he's changed it to 3.30. It's 3.30. Oh, it's it's because on there it was 3.30. Okay. Um, Consistency. (laughs) So 3.30 this afternoon, we're meeting, we'll do various prayer walks around you're all welcome to join us for that. And then home groups. We normally have home groups on a Tuesday and Wednesday evening. Um, this week we'll be joining together to meet here um, on Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7.45 to pray. Um, and so you're all welcome to join us for those as well. Youth is now meeting in, on Friday evenings from 7.30 to 9 p.m. If you would like any more information, you can talk to Eve. Amy's not here today. She's at work. Otherwise, if you want to message Amy, you can message her. And then from the 2nd to the 4th of March, a date for your diaries, we are hosting a partnering elders for partnering churches in the nation. Um, and we will be in the next few weeks popping some, some forms out to see so that you can fill in and see where you can help out with, with that. And just to let you know that on that weekend, we'll have Rich and Abby Pratt ministering in the church. They've been before diminutive couple. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they're great fun, and they will be ministering on the Sunday. They're from South Africa, and they serve on the same team that we serve on. So that will be exciting. And then after our time of worship, children um, over the age of two can go through to the kingdom, which they can do now. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, If we can just ask that... um We've got a number of people in the church community at the moment who are ill, so if I can just ask you to pray for them, that would be really good. Not COVID or what's the other thing? Strep, it's not that, it's just flu. So, um, just flu. So just, if we could just pray for them, that would be good. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to start to look at the word this morning. Father God, we thank you that we can meet together freely. I pray that as we look at your word today, Lord, that you would challenge our hearts But, Father, that you would be glorified in everything that we do and say uh, for the sake of your kingdom, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. So, um, as we've said and as you've been a part of, uh, we've got the two weeks of focused prayer that we've been doing and we're kind of in the middle of that. So this morning I'm not preaching about prayer, but... Part of the things that have come up through this last week uh, with contributions and things that people have felt and also in those uh, meetings is there's that desire to see, not just to pray and inquire of God or or, or to um, uh, pray on behalf of other other people and praying and crying out to God for him. uh, But we've been waiting on God and trying to hear God to see what he would say and uh, for us to hear exactly what he'd say so that we can move and do the things that he's called us to do. But uh, and, and part of that, this, 
we thankful for all that God has done. But there's so much more that God has for us, uh, for our, uh, us individually, but also corporately. And um, often at times we, we just don't get what he's saying. I, I don't think God stops speaking to us. I think sometimes we just don't get what he's saying because we're so busy with other things. And, uh, and there's <coughs> so much more for him that, that he has for us um, that are not just the big moments of wow, God came and did this, and then a few months or years later, wow, God came and did that. But it's the day-to-day, in-and-out moments of living in relationship with God that all of us should be pursuing Him for and to live in that. And surely in those moments, those day-to-day moments, there is so much more. I don't know about you, but I kind of read Scripture, and I think there's so much in there that we have yet to see. In our lives, and it's it's not because God doesn't move, but it's God. What is it that? How does that change us? That Your presence comes and transforms us, so that we become more and more like what You've called us to be. But also that we see You work through us in an ever increasing way. And it's not that I'm not grateful for all God's done, because I am. I'm hugely grateful for what God has done and for what God is doing. But I'm also expectant for more and not content with just what we have. Um, I don't know if that rings true for you, but I, I've been reading and uh, reading through in, in my devotionals, I read different passages of scripture, but also what I do is I have uh, an audio Bible, which every time I get into the car, it just goes on to the next bit. So I'm kind of in Genesis, the end of Genesis, beginning of the day, we're starting in Genesis. And whenever I'm in the car, I just turn that on. So I just, I don't listen to the radio. It depends who else is in the car. If I'm on, on my own, I do this. Otherwise I don't, because sometimes others get irritated by the voice of the person who's reading the Bible. Um, anyway, so, so in the last few weeks that's been going through, and I've looked at the life of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and just uh, Joseph, and now we're starting on Moses. But in each one of those guys, they're there were incredible moments where God moved, and they did incredible things for him. And, and those are kind of like the highlights, because if you look at them, they lived for a heck of a long time. And so the moments that we see in Scripture, if you think of 170 years or, and longer, some of them, there, there's only a few moments. It's not the day-to-day that we read. And I'm convinced that the day-to-day lifestyle makes way for the incredible moments that we read of. And we long for those big moments, but how much do we live day-to-day responding to him? And so I I, I think it's that day-to-day trusting him, day-to-day believing in him, obeying him. And because of this incredible sense, if you just read through the scripture, the incredible sense and understanding that they had of who God is, that they lived with a reverent awe, a fear of God, that then governed how they lived and and how they behaved in relationship with others. And that set them in place for God moving because there was a life of following up. And they didn't get everything right. Remember, I think it was last week I said, remember Abraham kind of twice passed his wife off as his sister. That's not right. But in the moments they lived day in and day out trusting God 
And because of who God is and how God sees us and how we respond to God, they then behaved with, with integrity and honor and, and worship of him. And so how much more for us? And so they were just ordinary people through whom God did amazing things. If you have your Bibles, won't you turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians. I'm going to look at two scriptures today and just bring some things out of there. Two Corin- oh, sorry, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's one of the scriptures that came up uh, during this week. I think I also mentioned it last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9. It says, um, However, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men know the thoughts of man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak Not in our own words taught by humans' wisdom, but by words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments of all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he would instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And then if you turn to Romans chapter 12. I'm actually, we're just going to read the whole of Romans chapter 12. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, are, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If one man's gift is prophesying, let him prophesy uh, in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Do not take revenge, my friend, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Lengthy passage of scripture, but both in those passages speaks about some things that I want to bring out this morning. In 1 Corinthians, we read that of the things that God has prepared for us who love him. No eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind can conceive. So those things that God has prepared for us are way beyond our imagination. Beyond anything that you can think of. And primarily that's talking about eternity with him and our salvation. And so one day when we get to heaven, that we would have these incredible things that no matter how creative you think your brain is and thinking thought patterns of how you would dream heaven to be and eternity with God, it far outweighs any of that. But I also believe it, it speaks of our lives here and now. That there's so much more beyond our imagination that God has for us in our lives today. In our day-to-day living, following after him. And he says, but God reveals it to us by his spirit. He says, we do not, have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that comes from God. That way we may understand what God has given us, freely given us. So that we may understand what it is that he's given us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And with us to reveal the things of God to us. That's his role. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit reveals that to us. And in Romans chapter 12, it says, Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your understanding. The patterns of the world are so many. We live in this world. We don't, you probably don't even need me to lay them out, but just in case you didn't, the patterns of this world consume us or try to consume us. The way of thinking, the way of the busyness, the complexities of what goes on, the opinions of man, the restrictions and the, uh, the responsibilities that we carry. And sometimes we can live feeling like our, we, are, we barely got our head above the water. Because there's so much going on, so many responsibilities, issues with work, relationships, and, all, and what the world says and doesn't, it says we can and can't do. All these things, the pattern of this world sometimes is almost overwhelming, but we have the Spirit of God. We have God with us so that we don't just survive with our head barely above water. But that actually we live according to his pattern and purposes, understanding what he's saying, that revealed to us, that transforms how we think, how we live, what we do, what we don't do. Unfortunately, it often, the way of the world affects us in the other way, that we're so busy that we kind of have a devotion in the morning, maybe something during the day. We kind of make home group if we can, Sunday if we are able to. And we kind of just simmering. And then a crisis hits. And I think a crisis is often that moment that shows us what's really there. Sometimes people in a crisis, you'll be amazed. I don't hear from some people for years. And then suddenly they hit a crisis and they phone. Can we help? Can we do this? Can we pray? Which we always do. 
And the crisis, we suddenly reach out for God or we pray and we suddenly try and cling to him, which is the right response. But it shouldn't take a crisis to get us there. We should live in that place. Or sometimes a crisis has the opposite, which we just bury our head in the ground and think, well, I've tried that before. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that, which is the wrong way to respond. But often a crisis reveals exactly what's inside. But what about living a lifestyle that is dependent on God? Not based on crisis, but living a lifestyle that is God, I'm hungry for you. What are you saying? What are you doing? How can you see that? What, what can we see? Last week, uh, uh, we looked at the scripture and we looked at the fact that the work of God is a work by faith. It's not in our own thinking. It's a work by faith. And everything that we do, that your life, your daily life as a believer, by faith, which means that it's not just practical and physical, but it is spiritual. And supernatural, which takes a different dimension to how we live, and so much that we deal with on the ba- on the day to day is is very practical and physical. There is a spiritual dynamic, but we so faced so much with the practical that that's what consumes us, rather than seeing what actually needs to consume us, which is Him. And understanding the spiritual dynamic of it. In 1 Corinthians 2.10 it says that the Spirit of God reveals the things of God to us. When we look at what that means, reveal means to uncover or disclose. It means to make known or plain, especially in the context of Scripture. If you look in the, um, the, the Greek and the concordances and stuff. To make known or plain, especially that which is unseen, in, invisible or immaterial. The Holy Spirit's role is to take those things that are hidden and to bring them to life and to reveal them to us so that we understand. Now, the world we live in is so full and consumed with information. We live in a generation that has information overload completely. There is so much information that's going day in, day out, moment by moment into our, in, into our brains. and into, It's just constant. There's a constant search after knowledge. And I'm not saying that knowledge isn't good. Knowledge isn't good. It's good. And, and there's a lot of information that's absolute garbage, but there's also a lot of information that's helpful. But the world we live in is constantly feeding us with information, and, and often we live with that, that we, and we allow that to affect how we live as believers. We just want more information. We, want, we read another book, we read an, and we just hear another preach, and we write more notes, and we fill books, and we put them on bookshelves. And we've got these bookshelves full of notebooks of information that we've written, and that's not enough. Information does not change you if it stays as information. You see, you can go and study and get a degree in theology, which isn't bad, and not have a relationship with God at all. Because it has remained information. You can come to church every Sunday and take copious amounts of notes, download the preach and and type it out word for word and not be changed. Because the information has just remained information. And that's the road of the Holy Spirit, is to take what we see and hear as information and reveal it so it becomes revelation that transforms us. 
That's the role of the Holy Spirit, because you can read Scripture. Anybody can read Scripture. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit that makes the Scripture alive and brings revelation that transforms us. You see, revelation is when information becomes revealed and becomes an inner conviction that changes or, de- or, or, or alters how we think and respond. Does that make sense? It's that inner conviction that goes beyond mere knowledge. I think information and knowledge is where it starts, but if we just stay there, we're missing so much more of what God has for us. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to reveal. It says the Holy Spirit takes the things of God and reveals them to us so that they become alive within us, a conviction that brings transformation and change. When Romans speaks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, it's not speaking about uh, clever thinking or, or mental change. It's, thinking, it's speaking about being transformed by the Holy Spirit taking the Word of God and washing our minds with the Word of God that actually brings revelation, that brings transformation. And 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 tells us it's the Holy Spirit that does that. And other places in Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit's role is to reveal the things of God, even the deep truths of God, to reveal them to us, those who are His children. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, to take the information and reveal it to become a truth that brings transformation to our lives. So if it's the Holy Spirit's role, what is our role? What is our response? I think the starting point needs to be sowing and reaping. And often when we, we look at sowing and reaping and we read the scriptures in is it Matthew 13, I think it was Mark 4, uh, about the, the parable that Jesus tells of the sower who goes out and sows seed and some seed falls on the rocky ground and the path and the fertile soil and, uh, and weeds. and you know, the, you know the parable. And we read that and we listen to that and, and, and a lot of the time we look at scriptures that speak about sowing and reaping and, and we tend to group it in these, one of these two groups. Either it's about the gospel preached and salvation, which is good, or it's with regard to finance, where you sow and you reap. Mostly, that's where our thinking goes. But there are so many different parts that in Scripture about sowing and reaping that, that go way beyond those. We sow in righteousness. We sow in love. We sow in peace. We sow in all sorts of different areas. We sow to the Spirit. And we receive from the Spirit. See, sowing and reaping goes far beyond that. And with regard to this, I I believe the first point, if we look at Mark chapter 4 and Matthew 13, where it speaks of the parable, Jesus clearly says to the disciples in Mark 4, that when he's explaining the parable, that the seed is the word of God, and the soil is the heart of man. That's why it is true that that is in part about preaching the gospel that becomes seed, that bears harvest. But it doesn't remain there. It also applies to you and I. That daily we should be sowing the seed of God's word into our heart, 
into the soil of our lives. It's not just, that parable is not just for the moment of salvation. It's for our daily living. That as you sow the seed of the word of God into your life daily, then we give the Holy Spirit seed to work with, to reveal it to us. To bring it to life to us. And our responsibility then is the condition of our heart daily. That when the word of God comes into us, it finds soil that is ready to receive. Not distracted, not hard, not full of other stuff. But saying, God, whatever you say, my response is yes. Whatever you say, my response is, I'm going to do that. Holy Spirit, come and show me and reveal the truth. You see, the the revelation of, of the truth of Scripture by the Holy Spirit should be for each one of us every single moment we open the Scriptures and read them. There should be, God, speak to me. Holy Spirit, reveal to me the truths of the Word as I read it. That it isn't just information that I take in, but God, you would show me what you are saying so that I can be transformed. Does that make sense? You see, as an example, we, we, can, we can read scripture. We, uh, we can read scripture about believer priesthood. We can understand what it means. We can see everything. We think, well, that's good. That was a clever way of putting it. That was an inspiring preach. Or that's what, and we write it down. But unless we actually have revelation of that, we still sit and let everybody else do the believer priesthood while we just pitch up. See how a simple thing that if, if we approach the word of God... If, just remember that it's in line with we wanting to go deeper with him. God, we're wanting to experience more of you day to day. And God has stuff that we can't even imagine that he reveals to us by his spirit. How does he reveal? The primary way is through his word. But it requires us to approach his word with a heart that is open and ready to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit every time we open the word. Which means, God, show me. Arrest my heart, reveal the hidden things, and show me how I need to respond. Let it cut with conviction into my heart. You know, in Scripture, where I think it's Paul, does he go to, I think it's when he goes to Cornelius' house. He goes and speaks to his whole family, and it says they were cut to the heart, and they responded immediately to the work of the Holy Spirit and were baptized. Now that's salvation. But how much more, once we have tasted how good God is, should that be our approach every day? That as we sit in the morning with your coffee and scripture and have a devotional time, you approach the one and say, God, let this cut me to the heart that I would be transformed because you've revealed it to me. And our response when he shows us is, God, yes. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of God. We need the Holy Spirit 
to reveal to us daily. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says this, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there's no revelation, where the Holy Spirit doesn't come bring revelation, it says he cast off restraint. It's the same wording that is used with the, uh, with the nation of Israel and the golden calf. The casting off restraint. If you look at that moment, Moses was on the mountain with God. He had a revelation of God. He had an encounter with God. He had this incredible transformation that took place as he met with God. And so he comes down the mountain having had a revelation of God. And what does he find at the, at the base of the mountain? A nation who has cast off restraint. They understood who God is because they had worshipped him. They knew what the, 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 the history was of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew all of that. The law hadn't come, but they knew all of that. But they had no revelation of who God is. And so they created a God out of their own image, of their, with their own hands, cast off restraint and worshipped it. In the very same place where Moses had a revelation of God and was getting the commandments and his face was shining because there was a transformation. How often is it that we approach scripture, we come to church we do, and, and we just take in information? Rather than saying, Holy Spirit, come, reveal who God is and the things of God so that I am transformed. Where there's no revelation, we cast off restraint. In other words, we behave like we want to behave. We do the things we want to do. And we kind of might feel a bit guilty. Or, but, and, and thankfully, there's the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we are grateful for all of that. But surely if we're pursuing him, that shouldn't be our starting point. Our starting point should be, God, speak to me. Reveal who you are so that I am transformed, that it changes who I am. And if you remember that the seed that is sown into your heart and my heart, that actually we prepare our hearts for that seed to receive it and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Not saying, well, this part I'll have and that part I won't. With no exception, saying, God, come and move. And being expectant of that. Just a thought. Now this isn't pointing fingers because I actually do take notes when I listen to people. But I want to challenge our way of doing things. If this is just an example and just a thought. Okay? So no one come under condemnation, especially not those furiously writing. Taking notes is good if it is helpful and leads to revelation. I find I've, I've changed how I respond. I used to take copious amounts of notes, probably from when I was studying and everything else. And if you do that, that's fine. But often I find that the more notes we take, the more information we're taking in and the less we are open to immediate revelation of the Holy Spirit and response. Of 
I'm not saying don't take notes. That's good if you do take notes and you want to do that. But it's just an example. So often we are pursuing the information. And we want to get the point. Oh, that's a really good point. I must go over that again. And if you do, that's good. But what about in the moment? Allowing the Holy Spirit right now to bring revelation and transformation. As we immediately respond. They heard the word and responded. They were cut to the heart and responded. Sometimes I wonder if that's not why Jesus came when he did come. Because you can't sit in a room full with chisel and stone and take notes. The word of God dwell in them richly. The word of God dwelt in them richly. When we listen, do we listen to get information or do we listen with an open heart for revelation? Holy Spirit, come and say whatever you have to say, I'm ready to receive. And where there's conviction, where there's revelation, there should be an instant response of God, let it be. Right now. If we want to live lives that are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to live lives that are open to the work of the Holy Spirit, that as the seed that is sown becomes fruitful. And so our role is our heart. The condition of our heart is the soil of our heart ready to receive. Every bit of truth that the Holy Spirit brings, that would then bring life. Romans 12.1, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then we read the rest of that scripture. It goes on to say, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, don't be so self-opinionated that you can't receive what the Holy Spirit's saying. Don't think, you see, knowledge puffs up. If it stays with knowledge, if we say, God, show me, let this teach me, Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't be self-opinionated, but be teachable, be humble, because that's when we are transformed. Then it goes on to speak about the body and many gifts and each one, and and, and it's, it's not a complete list of the gifts, it's just some of them. And I think they connected, or I believe they connected. You see... This week we've been praying and we really felt that God is calling us to go deeper. He wants us to move into new things, a greater move of the Holy Spirit, relying on the Holy Spirit and hearing him, being transformed. It requires us to be transformed. And there's also been a thing of the believer priesthood and everything else. But what we see in Scripture, if you read through the the, the process of of that in, in Romans, where there's been transformation, not the pattern of the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. The body is made up of many parts. Each part is individual. Each part belongs to the other. Remember, we preached about that a while ago. But each part has a role to play. And so where there is transformation, it always leads to participation in the life of the church. Where we take information, allow the Holy Spirit to come and bring revelation that transforms us, there has to be an outworking which is participation in the life of the church. Because God has put us there. We are part of a body. We're not disconnected. We're not somewhere else. We, we are placed in a body so that we have a part to play. And there is no hierarchy in gifting. Yeah. 
all contribution. In other words, what that passage in Romans 12 says that we read was, don't do the pattern of the world, be transformed. So we understand there's a revelation of who God is and who we are and what the Holy Spirit has for us to do. And so that we have a part to play. Every single one of you has a part to play, no matter how you view that part. And it could be preaching, it could be making tea, it could be anything. And there is no hierarchy of importance because that scripture and the others that speak about the body clearly say that we, we each part is in, important and irreplaceable. And when one part, when one part isn't doing its role, the rest of the body feels it. It doesn't say when this part, or when there's no preaching, the body feels it, or when there's no whatever the body feels it. It says whatever part. We're the ones who unfortunately put hierarchies and giftings. And whether you say it or not, often that's our thinking. Well, that's really important because it's preaching. That's not so important because it's cleaning the toilets. (laughs) But in God's view, every contribution is vitally important. (coughs) One is not more important than the other because it's preaching. When we have a revelation of who, <coughs> who God is, who we are, and how we to change to live according to his word, and that each one of us have a part to play and a, and a role in and a place in the body of Christ. And every single one of those is important. When that becomes a revelation, then there is that participation of the body and the body is healthy. We want the body of Christ to be healthy. We want the, the big moments of God, but we also want the day-to-day moments. And it requires us living our lives with our hearts open and sowing the seed of the word daily that with, a, with, a, with the attitude of Holy Spirit, come and reveal. Holy Spirit, come and reveal. If we close ourselves off to the revelation of the Holy Spirit or the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are not going to grow as individuals, we won't mature. If you want to see God move in your life, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't allow things just to be another information. Lisa and I were talking about the other day, uh, or I think it was yesterday in the car, it's like just in random conversations where you hear people say, well, that was a life-changing book. And then they get another book which is a life-changing book. But it's the exact same subject of the last life-changing book. And you think, actually, this is the only life-changing book. Because the Holy Spirit makes alive the Word of God, not the clever principles of man. And if we would fill our lives with this Word, with the Holy Spirit saying, the Holy Spirit, come and reveal it to us, then our lives would be transformed. The reason I'm convinced that bookshops are so full of great ideas and great principles, Christian bookshops, and, and I'm not against those things. I'm just against somehow, sometimes, how man approaches those things. But I think the reason why they're so full of the next bestseller and the next bestseller about these, all these self-help things is because it's self-help. And not self-surrender and Holy Spirit transform. And if we truly want to live 
as God has called and created us to live in a way that far outstrips anything you can imagine. It comes down to this. Revelation of the Holy Spirit. And our role is to live open, submitted, teachable, hungry, sowing seed of the word daily into our lives. The more seed you read through the word, the more that can produce fruit. So I'd encourage you, in this week, as we're praying and fasting, there not just be some, uh, not just be just, well, somehow. Um, if it's not just these two weeks, let it become a lifestyle of searching, saying, God, reveal the truth of your word. Yeah. That brings transformation. Yeah. And as he does that, make sure our response is always, God, whatever you say, I will do. Yes. Not pick and choose, well, this one I want, that one I don't. But it comes from us relying on the Holy Spirit, open to him, allowing him to speak into us and not thinking of ourselves more holy than we ought, but being humble, teachable, hungry, obedient, faithful, pursuing God with everything we have. Because that's how we see the incredible things that God has for us when he reveals them to us. Let's pray. Father God, I ask that even this morning in the words that I've spoken, that you would take those words that are pertinent to each one of us and let them dwell richly in us and bring transformation. Those that are not, Father, chuck them out of our thinking and our memory. But Lord, we, our heart's desire is to walk with integrity before you, that we are transformed by the power of your Spirit, that Holy Spirit, you would reveal the things of God to us that would change our day-to-day living, our attitudes, our lifestyle, that we wouldn't conform to the pattern of the world, the thinking of the world, or even the pattern and thinking of, of church. But Lord, we would conform to the truth of your word. As Holy Spirit, you reveal it to us. And God, I pray that even now, today, that there would be revelation that brings transformation in our hearts and lives as we respond to you. God, we surrender our lives to you that the, that the soil of our hearts would be fertile and ready to receive whatever you reveal. Lord, I, I pray that we would be those who sow the seed of your word in abundance in our lives and not neglect that. That, Holy Spirit, you take that which we've sown and bring it to life and fruitfulness. For your glory and your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. There is tea and coffee next door and some over there. And uh, remember, if you are going to join us for the prayer walk this afternoon, we're going to be leaving here at 3.30, so get here just before. That will be really good. Thank you.